1: Uh, I believe it was that Wednesday uh, I went to get tested. Um, that's when I found out I had it. Uh, I think the next day uh, we got my wife and daughter tested. And the wife came back positive, and then two. Daughter? Nope. Not at that time. <coughs> So, um, I only was, I mean, I was laid up quite a bit over Christmas, but, um, it was just like fighting a, I don't know, kind of like fighting a a cold Mm -hmm. more than anything for me, (laughs) a severe one, but, um.
2: Uh, the wonders of uh, modern broadcasting here looks like zoom's giving us an issue there he is all right what would you miss <laughs> so you, you talked about it, it was like really Did like a me? bad a bad cold and it it was kind of wearing you down um, it gave you gave you a lot of uh, a lot of time where you were kind of laid up was what you were saying?
1: Yeah. Well, I just put me. Stick. My-
2: I, I just laid in the chair. So. so-
1: still there
2: yeah i'm here i'm here i I went ahead and tried to for the sake of our bandwidth just disconnected the camera so when we talk about you know the stuff that we we talk about on a regular basis and of course it's generally pro wrestling based you know covid right now is the thing right it is the news of the week it's news of the year news of the month however you want to look at it and our chosen loved profession professional wrestling is under fire right now because there's so many different ways people can catch it and you are a i would say moderately healthy human being and you dealt with it in a pretty good fashion and uh i know you said that your your wife had had got it and you said she was dealing with it okay and so your family was able to do it so that's definitely an encouraging thing to, to hear that you're feeling better. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't just stop with you, man. I mean, like, there's so many people out there right now that are still catching it, still dealing with it. I mean, we found out this week that Mick Foley popped positive for it. Um, and he has been laid out for about 18 days. He posted on his Facebook, excuse me, 19 days, posted on his Facebook that following a December 12th virtual signing. Uh, he had been exposed. He started isolating him in a hotel room, and thankfully, thankfully, he's actually uh,
1: doing... Yeah, um... <coughs> excuse me. Um, I mean, if he had it since the 12th, his must have probably been a whole lot worse than, the, you know, mine. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm about... Um, well... Tomorrow would be 14 days. So, I, uh, you know, I'm within the 10 to 14-day window. I go back to work tomorrow. Um, so, um, God bless them. Um, I don't know how you catch it virtual signing, but you should probably look at uh, uh, the – because I'm sure it was probably, what, big-time – I think big-time wrestling or whatever – is doing a lot of those, <laughs> um. So, maybe, maybe, maybe they should be like, uh, "Which one of y'all are sick?"
2: So yeah, that's the crazy part. He, like you were talking about, big time wrestling did a did a virtual signing. He had two representatives there, both were masked, but apparently they, one of them, had come into contact with someone who had been exposed. Um, and as soon as they started feeling symptoms, they notified Mick and, uh, he went ahead and started to self quarantine. But the crazy part of it is, is that it can happen to anybody. It affects everybody differently. Um, he describes loss of taste and smell, um, and just that his hearing had been affected, which I had not heard about yet.
1: so uh, yeah, see, I, I did not lose, uh, taste or smell although okay. my taste was altered and it's still kind of altered today mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> again it's to me this is why I say it's more like a common cold or sinus issues if you mm-hmm. get sinus issues real bad it'll screw up your <clears throat> or at least for me anyway Yeah. Um, but you know I had a Reuben sub what, two days ago and it didn't really taste like a Reuben sub. <laughs> I could really taste the Thousand Island. You know, everything was just a little off. Yeah. yeah. But I think Sharon said she couldn't smell for a hot minute. And then she couldn't smell burnt popcorn. And then oh, wow. um, um, I haven't heard nothing more. So <coughs>
2: um, that kind of sucks. Daughter. You know, that's one of my favorite smells is popcorn.
1: Yeah, but this was burnt, so if, if she can't smoke burnt popcorn, then, uh, you know, she definitely clearly <laughs> has an issue, but it didn't last long. Uh, I haven't heard no more about it, so.
2: Well, I'm definitely glad that you guys are on the mend. Um, yeah, it's kind of a scary deal. A friend of mine who I actually worked with uh, for, for Swans, my previous career, uh, unfortunately, his wife was exposed to it and actually passed. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so I mean, she had she had, so she had perfect example of, of underlying issues, but it was just w- that combined with COVID. It just was she couldn't shake it. And it's a damn tragedy, man. It's, it's it's best way I can describe it. Um, well, I'm
1: I'm lucky that I got away with what I did because yeah, you know, I have real bad allergies. I, I you know I use a CPAP machine. Uh, I had cancer that screwed my lungs mm-hmm. up and um
2: that was what scared me when you told when you told me and Rob like if, folks for your, if you're listening here a couple weeks ago we we were broadcasting actually it was the Sunday before Christmas and I knew you weren't feeling well I could just tell like you were you were congested and you just didn't sound like yourself but when you told me and Rob we were like oh shit and then I realized I was like wait he's so like everything that could have happened, thank God it didn't, but Jesus, that's, that's right. a hell of yeah. a issue.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was told over the summer that I was very high risk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, especially if I caught it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I, managed to elude it for a year almost, uh, to include multiple very close contact, yeah. um, yeah. moments with, uh, people and uh it uh it got me but uh, again you know I, I, I did make sure too that uh, I tried to take you know medicine all the time right so uh, even vitamin c vitamin d zinc we have some pills uh, to take care of the vitamins orange juice um you know, I was really trying to force water. Um, there were, pl- there was times I didn't eat. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, if, if that's one thing I'm gonna have to say, if you, if you, if you catch it, or if you have it now, you know, you got to keep pumping fluids through you. You got to take your meds. There's plenty of over the counter stuff that, um, that'll help It'll make you feel better, you know? when you feel good enough to get up and move around the house, get up and move around the house.
2: So 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 we talk about, we started today's show with talking about health and it's so important because you know what? We're in the middle of just a crazy ass time and you know, we haven't actually seen each other, but one time in 2020, if you really think of one time. Um, And even then it was a minor risk because if you think about it, that same week I found out that my oldest his oldest his boyfriend had been exposed to it and we didn't know. And you guys ended up finding out when I did basically. <laughs> but so that was like the one time we saw each other and all of us were like oh hell. So I talk about this because you know, one, it's, it's, it's relevant. You know, it's, it's what's happening right now. But at the same time, it's also uh, indicative of what's happening about wrestling. And, you know, w- like we said, Nick Foley had caught it. There's been a number of people popping positive for it. Uh, Moxley was exposed to it. Um, uh, shoot, uh, Lance Archer is another one. But we also found out that WWE had had tons of people testing positive for it. Um, One person who did not test positive for it, and I want to stress that, did not test positive for it, uh, Brody Lee. We would find out last week that uh, Brody Lee had passed away. Uh, Some know him as Luke Harper. Some know him just as John Huber. But we found out that he passed away from uh, a lung infection where basically put, according to Jim Ross and to the Huber family, his lungs had failed. His lungs were in such bad shape that he was not able to qualify for a transplant. And unfortunately he would pass away. Uh, Also passing away in that same week, I think on that same day is Danny Hodge, wrestling legend, Danny Hodge. Now Hodge was actually a victim of COVID. Um, However, Brody Lee of course was not. Now Brody Lee, when you think about Luke Harper, Brody Lee, um, if I was to put out the phrase wrestling legend, Brian, would you think that that jumps off the page and says, Yeah, that's brilliant, uh, like a legend, like a Ric Flair type Shawn Michaels legend?
1: Um, so to me, if you look at his body of work
2: mm-hmm.
1: up into AEW,
2: mm-hmm. I say no, okay.
1: But if he had if he had been able if he had lived and uh, had competed longer in AEW, yeah, I think he probably uh, very easily would have become known as you know one of the best big men. And then Absolutely. That way.
2: So, and, <laughs> and I'm glad that you humored me and, and answered my comment because on the surface somebody would say, "Wow, well, that's really disrespectful." But I, I brought it up for a reason. Because honestly, of all of the different performers in the world for wrestling, you know Luke Harper was tremendous. He did a, a hell of a job in WWE, a hell of a job in the independents, and then when he came to AEW, uh, at the at first the Exalted One could have been a guy like Matt Hardy. As a matter of fact, it was teased that it could have been him, but it turns out to be Brody Lee, and he takes a role that could have been comedy, could have been comedic. Uh and turned it into a very major, very imposing figure. But still, you just major star sure, but you weren't sure what his legacy would be. Well, that question gets answered in his passing, much like that of the impact of a guy like Owen Hart. Owen Hart, tremendous performer. Had he been able to perform past his death when he would die tragically in the ring, um, you start to really see the impact of it. And for me, it was, wow, here's a guy that had an impact on people professionally and personally in a way that you'll never, ever see replicated. And and that was what really stood out to me the most. So I I say that, I bring that up not to put him down, but more along the lines to point out how much bigger his legacy really was.
1: Well, I think not only that though, is I think he was the victim of, The typical machine
2: oh definitely yes
1: right so to me they did i don't think they realized what they had Mm -hmm. um much like stroman right um that's one of the reasons i don't watch it anymore i mean stroman is is a monster (laughs) right a legit monster that you had flip an ambulance and yet he just lingers languishes doesn't get an opportunity and I think uh, uh, Luke or Brody or, or John whatever you want to call him, I think if they'd given him the opportunity that um, he, he deserved <coughs> I think he could he could have like had a successful a successful singles run
0: mm-hmm.
1: to the point that he would have been the next big, big man.
2: When you talk about a guy who had an impact on the independent scene before debuting in NXT and FCW, FCW then NXT, uh, Luke Harper, Brody Lee in the independent scene was huge. Actually, his star was on the rise long before he actually ever got signed to WWE. Uh, he was talked about in CZW. He was talked about in his feuds with John Moxley. He was talked about in his work with Shakara. So you knew that this guy had something special way beyond that of a big man mindset because you could tell that his indie work was—it was just different. It was above where he was. He comes to WWE, and there's no question that the Wyatt family was a very unique and well-designed group, but you could sense from honestly from its inception that the view for Eric Rowan and for Luke Harper was not that of a main role, even though of that, of that group, when you look at how well Luke Harper and Brody Lee did when they were independent and solo, um, you could tell he could really do it. And he was much more, is that another touchdown? Wow. Also got the Washington game uh, streaming on the background here.
1: Don't ruin
2: it. No, no, no. I I just caught a side glance, so you'll see it better than me. Um, Okay. So one of the things that I noticed about him, though, was he transitions into an Intercontinental Championship match and does so well that you start to really have that question of, dude, what do we really have here? What do we really have with a guy like Luke Harper? Now, that's his name in WWE. That's what he did, and he built a great role for himself. But when it was time for him to be solo when it was time for him to separate from the Wyatt's and from the Bludgeon brothers you know certain people just couldn't see past the the dirty shirt and big big guy who should have a southern accent i don't even understand why he thought he should have a southern accent especially since he's from new york uh, yeah but
1: I, I think it's the i think it's the character because yeah so if Bray comes down what louisiana if i remember yep. right yeah
2: basically louisiana baton rouge area
1: yeah so it would only stand a reason that luke because i think luke was there first um, i
2: think so yeah
1: in the in the vignettes <coughs> so and wasn't was he related like a cousin or something
2: so when they first put it together um I want to say that Harper was kind of propped as the the first disciple or first acolyte, and you don't really get a view of who Bray Wyatt is yet. But then they talk. I think they called him his cousin. I want to say it was his cousin that they positioned it as. Yeah. So like, you remember because like he was like kind of like straight edge society where he had to pledge his allegiance to Bray.
1: Yeah, and I think even in like NXT, because uh, uh, they did more. They did a lot more like little um, on-location type vignettes.
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of I in the swamps in NXT. And, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So all of a sudden you see this viewpoint, and this was something that Dusty Rhodes was a lot, a major part of putting together. So he transitions to the main roster with the Wyatt family. They do a great run, and they have a great feud with, with the Shield. Um, Bray Wyatt continues mm. to grow, you know, despite – Despite creative screwing them every twist and turn, they had great move moments, great standouts. He transitions to a singles performer, and he actually has had stated in interviews that he had gone to Vince and said, hey, listen, I've got ideas. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to get away from the dirty T-shirt. I want to do different things. And Vince is like, I want you to talk in more of a Southern draw." He's like I, I I can't. I, I I don't have one. I'm from New York, and Vince. Another example of how Vince just couldn't get past that one track line Mm -hmm. But you still knew. You still knew. And and I want fans to understand when I say that on the surface was Luke Harper, Brody Lee, that main event, that legend status. I say it because he was like a diamond in the rough. He was, he was a character that you weren't quite ready for really much like braun Strowman, i think well to me
1: he hearkened he hearkened back to like a 70s 80 style character
2: yes very similar to actually bruiser brody which he did try to <clears throat> yes pattern his style to
1: yeah uh, you know just that that um <coughs> sorry um the type of character that you could just believe would just like literally beat you up.
2: Yeah. yeah you know what yeah. I'm saying?
1: Like like the eyeballs that he would do, the the mm-hmm. the uncut hair, um, you know, even the sweaty white tank tops. Yeah. You know. Um he just had that ounce of believability that that to me screams like he's from the seventies or the eighties style character yes.
2: yeah and and this was a guy that on the surface you, you really did not have an expectation of he was going to be a breakout star there just right. wasn't i mean he was a tag team performer he was solid there with uh, eric rowan um his singles run before he won the intercontinental title like you could see it it was potential but you weren't sure then he wins the title and all of a sudden you're looking at this He's like wow this this is something special now, along the way, um, you know, we see Bludgeon Brothers. We see um, him somehow repairing up with Rowan outside of that. He, he has fledgling appearances, but nothing major, nothing large. And he, he finally leaves WWE. That's when we get the exalted one. We get these cool vignettes. We're like, mm, yeah, maybe this is Matt Hardy. Because it kind of seemed along the lines of broken Matt Hardy, but it wasn't it turns out to be Brody Lee. And we're like, wait, what? This is, and then all of a sudden we see what is now, in my opinion, legendary vignettes from being the elite with the Dark Order, where Brody Lee takes just 100% command of the group and says, "All right, you know what? If we're going to be funny, fine. We're going to be the funniest group and the most spotlighted group in being the elite. So comes out the, the stack of papers where he throws them and hits people in the face with it. I mean, Evil Uno even had to put on a helmet to try to protect his head (laughs) from the papers. I mean, that's what this guy was. He would embrace it. He embraced the role. And then when he got in the ring, remember when he demolished Cody? Like, he ran through Cody Rhodes. That's after, because you remember, we complained that when he had his feud with Moxley and lost, we were like, man, they dropped the ball on that. That really could have been something big. So then when he comes out and demolishes Cody in, what, five minutes? Mm,
1: probably less i think it was like three minutes or something
2: and then all of a sudden he's must he's appointment tv brody lee is like oh you you if you're watching nxt you're changing the channel to see what he does when he comes out for me i mean if you want if you want it honestly to know the truth i watch being the elite religiously i have since uh probably since it started but i don't watch it for the bucks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't watch it for, um, for Omega as much. I watched it for Cody because I thought Cody was very entertaining in it. Adam Cole was great in it. Adam Page, of course. But honestly, this past year is for the Dark Order because the Dark Order is the group. So this past Wednesday, when we were told that there was going to be basically a tribute show to Brody Lee, and they kind of released the card, and it's basically Dark Order all the way through. You start to realize that this guy had, I mean, just an indelible impact on people as much as he did his colleagues, his coworkers. Um, and Brian, I, I know you watched the show. Did you watch it live, or did you watch it after the fact?
1: Uh, live. So I had to, I had to watch it live.
2: Did it get you misty-eyed every, at all?
1: Every every goddamn minute of it.
2: So, I I was fine until John Silver, and then I, I you may have seen me tweet out I was like damn allergies because they uh, Um
1: me. Yeah, so uh, I was I kind of got hit when the announcement came out, right? Not yeah. a lot, um, just enough though, right? Because yeah. it, it's really. God, it was just shocking, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. he ain't been on TV in a long time. Um, nobody's saying anything, but yeah. your mind never goes there, right? Um, a lot of reasons, you know, family issues, uh, you know, whatever. Undisclosed um, injury. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, illness. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things, especially this year. And you just never, you never expect that. Right. And then um, it happened – it, it kind of got me, it, just briefly, just like a, a punch in the gut. Um, but Wednesday – God, dude, I, I really don't think there wasn't – there wasn't a segment that mm-hmm. didn't um, get get just the corner going.
2: I remember – I remember where we were when Owen Hart passed. I remember we were all watching it together. I think we were at Rob's house. And I remember late that night getting home and my dad, who was actually overseas, he was um, in Afghanistan, I think. And he called me just out of the blue and just asked me if that was real. My dad my dad always used to give me a hard time about being a wrestling fan. But when something like that happens, you know, he, he, he was attentive to it. So sure enough, Brody Leaf passes away. We find out. I think we found out on that Monday. And my dad, sure enough, texts me and says, is that real? Did that really happen? Like, yeah, dad, it it was a a lung issue. So in the process of us all finding out, and we're dancing around in a lot of different directions, and the reason we're doing this is because I'm trying to make sure we're pointing out all the big parts. We definitely talk about dynamite more. But along the way of learning about what happened with Brody Lee, there's an article that comes out from the Torch and Bruce Mitchell. Now, I've never met Bruce Mitchell personally. Um, we've seen him, no way, but we've seen him in Charlotte when we went to a fan fest. Um, and as it turns out, he was right in front of us, and actually, we, we even said something to him while we were in line. I didn't realize it was actually that guy until much later. But as it turns out, he was there. (laughs) But anyway, he releases an article. And, you know, at first I could understand why somebody would ask questions. I'm okay with that. Ask your questions. You know, this is America. You have freedom of speech, freedom of press. But when you get to a certain line, you just can't cross that line. At no point in time should anybody, whether it's press, whether it's us, whether it's Tony Khan or hell anybody working in that same locker room nobody's really owed an explanation as to how someone dies if George Clooney passed away tomorrow we don't get to suddenly call his house and say what he die from if the president of the United States dies if my cousin who lives down you know down south <clears throat> dies it, it doesn't matter we don't we're not owed the right to know but in a time where there's a pandemic, in a time where from what is described from the Huber family and from Tony Khan and then just recently from Jim Ross, it's reasonable to at least ask the question what it was from. I'm okay with that. But when the Huber family comes out and responds to that and says, listen, he didn't have COVID. He was testing negative," That should have been the end of it. If I'm Bruce Mitchell, I'd have probably said, hey, you. thank you. That's all I needed to know And if it had ended there I'd have been okay with that I get it A lot of people wanted to do And I don't really subscribe to it But the whole cancel culture Look, some people need to be held accountable I'm okay with that But at that, it could have been done But he doubles down and says I stand by my story We have a right to know And then the wrestling media Quote, unquote Says the same question We have a right to know And then uh, you told me Disco Inferno says we have a right to know as, as unfiltered as possible. None of us have any goddamn right to know. Period. We don't. If Amanda Huber decides she wants to share it with us, that's her decision. But she's really the only person that has the right to tell us anything if she felt it necessary or wanted to. Outside of that, we don't deserve shit. And we should be grateful that we were able to pay tribute to the guy.
1: No, I, I, I'm 100% uh, in agreement here. Um, You're not his family, right? Um, You may be a friend and if the family wants to tell a friend, it's up to the family. But if you're not a friend, you're just some reporter or in disco's case, some guy that's holding on to a career that will go down in the annals of not really meaning anything.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, It's none of your goddamn business. Just know that he passed. Exactly. Show him and the family and your family, because you're in the business and I know what a brotherhood is. Show everybody some respect and shut the F up. Yep. It's that easy.
2: Because the reality is, if you're in the locker room with them, if you're Adam Page or John Silver and he had COVID and you said, we deserve to know, hey, hey, okay, I hear you. But when the family comes out and says, nope, that wasn't it, and tragically we find out that it was a lung infection, then right then and there, that's where it stops. Like, to me, that's just – that's endgame. That's done. But there's just so many people out there that think that there's some kind of – Uh, what is it called? You know, elitism. Uh, no. entitlement. Entitlement. Thank
1: entitlement. You. Yes.
2: Yeah, but I just don't get that, or where that comes from. Celebrities or non-celebrities, it doesn't matter. We just we don't deserve to know. And and if she shared that with us, honestly, I'd have felt kind of dirty inside. I'd have felt like I was prying. You know, I wouldn't have felt comfortable with that.
1: No, so I wouldn't have felt like prying because she gave us the information Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah i mean to me prying is when one of these Jehus keep harassing her
2: yeah
1: and and force it out of her
2: oh it gets better some numbskull decided to make up a fake twitter account for brody lee jr guys gals look you know wrestling is a crazy crazy world i get it we all have what we call stan or fan accounts right i've seen it see i I can keep up with kids lingo Mm. it could be cool hey you fellow kids no but why though what's he eight eight years old i thought
1: he was a little bit older than that
2: okay he's 10
1: yeah i think he's 11 and the youngest is eight or something
2: all that for what like I mean that's just gross.
1: Yeah, but that's that's how fucking people are. Oops, sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: promise. I promised myself I wouldn't. Cause
2: <laughs> a <laughs> uh, couple things, I will double down a little bit and say that WWE did as honorable of a tribute as they could logically. Um, I don't hold anything against Vince and company for doing what they did and how they paid tribute because quite frankly while they could have done a lot of vignettes and showed videos of him in previous matches uh, we would later find out just this past weekend that the network actually has a collection put together for that with video tributes that were filmed but instead
0: Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is but good luck leaving with just a drink it's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute made slushy is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: They gave their talent the ability To pay tribute in their own way Uh, We saw it this past Monday on Raw Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods Are probably the two largest examples But There were some fans that were Actually complaining that WWE didn't do more Even though Because the announcement was made That they were going to do They being AEW Was going to do an entire tribute show To me I think that would have just seemed Like low class Low rent, you know. Let <laughs> AEW do right by the guy. And you know what? You don't have to always be number one in that situation. You don't have to be first.
1: Um all right, so here's 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 my take, right? So apparently with all the testimonials.
0: Mm-hmm
1: you, if you didn't know, you know, if Vince didn't know by then, he surely knew when everybody took part, what he meant, right? And and I think one of the things that, that gets lost in the machine is fan service, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, sometimes it, it truly, truly amazes me that, He's been gone, I think, March,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and he's still referred to as Luke Harper, right, right. On, on the internet, right? So, which tells me, though, is that this guy touched this person's life in such a way that Luke Harper is the predominant character in his brain, right? You know what I'm saying? That's what he is hanging on to. So his character in the WWE meant something to people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're not talking like, um, you know, a Benoit type scenario. We're not right, talking, right. Yeah. you know, some craziness, but I, you know, if you want to hold the 10 bell salute. Okay. I'm fine with that. Uh, I think you uh, WWE primarily does it more for, like legends, quote unquote mm. legends. Then right. you know the, the uh, average, not average, but you know what I'm saying. The average yeah. passing, I guess. Um, so I'm fine with not doing a ten, the ten bell. But I mean, I think, I think you probably could have done some some highlights. Mm-hmm. You could have done. Some highlights with Bray Wyatt talking. You know, this was my favorite match with him. This was, you know, if that's the, if that's what they wanted to go, you could have. To me, you could have dedicated. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with dedicating fifteen to twenty minutes throughout yeah. your your show? Just because I, I, he. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Okay, I was gonna say just because he is at another location in another promotion. He did business for you. He made money for you. He influenced your fans. Mm -hmm. You can pay him some respect. You don't have to go all out like AEW. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with, you know, again, the, the testimonials and allowing them to have, you know, the Twitters. And I, you know, I read a lot of stuff on Twitter. There were a lot of pictures um, that popped up, you know, I'm fine with all that, but dude, he, he was a part of your company for how many years. And at one time was a big part of your company. You can dedicate a little bit to that. And just say, A.W., you do your thing. We're mm-hmm. going to do airs. We're not stepping on no toes. We're not dedicating, a, you know, a match, you know, whatever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know.
2: Well, there was – and I get it. I, I, I would say that, yeah, you could always do more, you know what I mean? Like you could always put – a vignette of it you could always do hey Let's do Braun and Dolph Ziggler and Bray Wyatt People that had like really good matches or standout moments With them like I, yeah. I see that that makes sense And they did actually Tape a lot of those memories And put it on put it Together for a special for the network that is That is something that is there there's a Collection for Luke Harper there um, But I agree there could have been some of That I also feel like With what we saw I would say with what I saw on Monday, what I saw on the little bit that I saw from Friday, um, and I honestly, I haven't seen NXT yet. I've I've yet to watch that back. I did catch the main event, and there was still, you know, uh, uh, they mentioned it a couple times actually during the main event. So you could tell that there was not a – I would say there wasn't like a fear to mention it, but it felt to me more like, hey, you guys do what you want to do. Yeah, but I would say There's always room to do more But I felt that it was It was a proper It's about as proper as you can be in that situation I I can see where I can see both sides of it I guess it's the best way I can put it I can see both sides of it Like I can see why Anyone would say that they could have done more Because yeah, of course I mean Like you said, a 15 minute segment Where you got memories of You show some highlight footage You know, something like that And I think that's cool Um but I could also see where – and I'm, I'm pretty sure this is what their stance was. Hey, we're going to let AEW do what they do, and we're going to just give our talent – do what you want to do for them. Because pretty much uh, in raw, on Raw, every segment had something. Um, Drew McIntyre started uh, Monday night with, it's Monday, you know what that means. You know, like it was – and we all know how – Tightly scripted all their stuff is It's not exactly like You know, it's it's not Carte Blanche anymore, it ain't the Attitude Era That's for damn sure um, But, so yeah, there's there's a lot Of that, I felt like AEW Was um, I don't know What kind of expectation I had going into The show, but I definitely felt like they really Really nailed it As far as showing Brody lee is both a good man but also just a huge talent and a contributor to their success
1: um well i mean i'd have to agree with you because again there weren't (coughs) um i i think almost every segment got me um in in one way or other and um
2: I mean, when Anna Jay and Tay Conti were in the ring, you could see Anna was very visibly shaken. That was rough. Cody Rhodes at the end of the night, and then, of course, watching his kid, you know, that was was tough. I did get a kick, and I thought it was really awesome what MJF did with taking the kendo stick shot to the head. Just willing to make himself look like an ass, and take mm-hmm. the comeuppance, you know what I mean? Like, that takes a lot of guts to be willing to, because he could have been just like everybody else and been like, you know, he was a great guy, he was a hard worker, a great father, but instead he chose to go at it from a kayfabe perspective, which you got to be really brave to do that in that kind of a moment.
1: Um, yeah, I, I would imagine <coughs> um, there was probably a lot of respect Garnered, mm-hmm. yeah. With with that um, simple, you know, simple thing, because um, you're probably right. There probably wouldn't have been with so many people that um would have would have had the forethought to come up with it. And again, that's that's the thing about AEW. Um, you know, Tony, uh, Con, uh yeah, yeah. You know, rewrote the show. And, um, you know, whether he called that spot or MJF said, hey, let's do this um, for for MJF to do it is, you know, uh, to me, a little respect for John. Mm
2: -hmm. And it's very, very unselfish. You know what I mean? Very gracious of him to say, you know what? What if we made let's make Brody the star of this segment. Let's make him, you know, the figurehead so that the reason they won this match is because I got my mouth shut kind of thing. Like, I thought that was really cool. Like, And, and, you know, maybe I'm stretching there a little bit, but I still think that was pretty awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was. uh, He could have very easily said no, or they could Mm -hmm. have just not even thought about doing it at all. But (laughs) um, the kid seems to really be – um, into wrestling, um, from all the videos and pictures and stuff you see, and I mean, if that that gives him one moment to take his mind off of it, that um, you know, that just says a
2: lot. It's um, it was a real um, emotional night. Probably the most emotional night that uh, wrestling has had, um, maybe since Owen. Um, Eddie Guerrero was tough. Mm-hmm. The you know Benoit was crazy, but this one was just I don't know it. As they say, it just hit different.
1: Well, <laughs> um, I. But it is kind of different, though. Mm -hmm. Um, So this, to me, I mean, literally, if you think about this year itself, right? I mean, this whole year, since way back in January, you just keep getting kicked in the teeth. Yeah. Everybody, like as as, as a world. You know, in this great big universe, everybody is getting kicked in the teeth
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and you don't have time to catch your breath. You don't have time to, um, you know, do anything. Some, something comes along within two or three days and it affects somebody. You just, you, you know what I'm saying? And to me, this one was was more of a, I need this moment. Mm -hmm. I need this to be good than um, the other ones, right? So Eddie Eddie affected me because I really, I really enjoyed Eddie. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Same with Benoit. Yeah. But you find out later from Benoit the circumstances and then you you kind of you know you get the the somebody spins you around and then punches you in the mouth so you get like a double whammy but then it's over right you're like i can't believe he did that yada 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 and so you kind of just let that go by the wayside you know eddie you just can't get over owen you can't get over
2: right right
1: and you know here's another one that I mean, this year, it's this year, this is a crazy year. It's Mm -hmm. absolutely the worst year that anybody's been, you know, been part of since, you know, a long time.
2: And I can't think of a time in my lifetime uh, just as a person on this earth where there's been anything close to the craziness that was 2020. I mean, really. I can't. I can't think of anything as close to the.
1: Oh, I can't either. Um, and I've been around almost half a century, and it's, it's yeah. I hope I never have to experience it again.
2: God damn, we are old.
1: Yeah, but yeah. again, though, this is to me this. It was such a good. It was so well put together, right? It was so well put together that for at least a moment on that on that particular Wednesday, I forgot I had COVID. Yeah. You know, I forgot the numbers. I forgot that other people are sick. I forgot everything. And I just watched wrestling and got to watch a tribute to an individual that very well could have been one of the biggest stars on the planet had he not died prematurely.
2: You know, I look at what he was doing and how the Dark Order was being positioned. And I have to say that it felt to me that we may have been looking at the rising of another super group because for what they did, remember how we've talked about it before with, with major pushes in AEW at first it's comedic. At first it's like, they want you to feel good and then something happens and it changes the dynamic from comedic to serious. Look at King Omega, look at him and uh, Adam Page. at first it was, It was watching them, you know, kind of crack people up on behind the scenes, like through being the elite. And then suddenly they're a serious tag team and they're a serious, you know, threat to being great at tag team wrestling. And then, you know, the Young Bucks, another great example. At first, it's just the fun tag team that everybody loves and Lucha Libre style, but they don't really get in a tag team title situation. FTR comes in, and suddenly it's serious, and now they're at the top, right? Dark Order's the same way. At first, it's like, what the hell are these guys? These guys are a bunch of goofballs. Brody Lee comes in, and at first it's like, oh, okay, well, Brody Lee's going to do really well, but everybody else is going to fall to the wayside. But he he didn't let that happen. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of accounts that say that he didn't really demand but requested that people be protected and taken care of, like Anna Jay, like John Silver.
0: Hurry into Mattress Firm. For a limited time, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or get up to 60% off America's top-rated brands, like Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $279.99 or Sleepy's at $169.99. In stock for fast delivery. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.
2: Like Evil Uno. To make sure that the group moved up. And I wonder if... And it'll always be speculatory, and I know that. But I wonder if the Dark Order was being positioned as a supergroup similar to like you know Evolution or or the NWO or something like that.
1: Um... I would say no. Well, I guess I can't say no. So I think two things come into play with the dark order, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) One is Brody Lee. And then the second is the way they turned into stars on being the elite.
2: Right, Right,
1: right. So they literally, in my opinion, took over that show. you know what I'm saying?
2: I mean, the Dark Order became the focus. It really did. Like, it was (laughs) – you had all these different segments, and it's supposed to be for Omega and and the Bucks, but it's really – it's what are the Dark Order doing this week? What is Johnny Hungy up to, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I think that is what kind of turns the tide (coughs) with the Dark Order because everybody remembers what last – where'd you go?
2: You disappeared. I had, to, I had to close the oh, door.
1: I got you. So anyway, so remember last year when Stu Grayson and Evo Uno had you know the ten, twelve guys in the mask and
2: oh and yeah, yeah, the, the, the minions, yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat> um, all, even though they were recruiting certain people, you know, when Brody comes along, Brody brings Anna J. Yeah, uh, I think he brings ten. I think he brings Colt Cabana. So he brings others along to 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 bolster um their rank uh, ranks, and next thing you know, they start popping up on being the elite, and they're just hilarious to the point that you're like holy cow where where do i sign up for the dark order you know who can i torture this week claiming to be part of the dark order um i mean they they were just they're masterfully done vignettes the whole paper thing (laughs) are you kidding me
2: how about the how about the the six man where adam page has uh two two uh, reams of paper <laughs> 11, hitting, like
1: six shooters <laughs> in yeah I, and I'm gonna have to, I'll have to I'll have to admit I'll have to admit <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming honestly oh, did not see even though I, I you go back and you watch and you clearly see him holding the vest right like snugged up on him
2: yeah so yeah he was holding it tight he, yeah, yeah yeah
1: and it was just like, oh man, it would have been cool if Adam had the papers. And then here comes Adam, and he, you know, he's got the papers. It's like, yeah, yes. Yeah.
2: Did you hear Jericho talking about paper cuts and how yeah. it should be illegal? I was like, you know, and and that was another guy that, um, God, he he made it hard, man. Um, you think about for think about it for a second, Chris Jericho. He's he's dealt with a lot of tragedy. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit both were best friends with him. Um, And for obvious reasons, the passing of both men was tough, really tough on him. Um, But to see a guy like Brody Lee who, you know, he and Luke Harper worked in WWE and had some, actually some good matches. Um, But also when he got to AEW, they were kind of on opposite sides. So they really didn't face off. But when you heard him talking, and I don't know if you noticed it, you probably did. Um, but he got caught up, you know, he got to different points where he just was, he was just Chris, you know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't, it was hard. It was hard to, because you could hear Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and Jim Ross all just kind of, they got get lost in the moment in, the, in, the, in a good way. Right.
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's, I forget who said, I think even Chris says it, that there's nobody. You can't find anybody that's got anything negative to say about John. Right. And, you know, he he's like, there's only a few people that have passed away in the wrestling business. You can find like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I would imagine that he was just one of those guys that you, you just, you become friends with them and, He's the guy you can sit around and joke and laugh at with and hang out with and talk with and, you yeah. know, you, you can tell he's a family man and, you know, he, he's probably a, mo- a role model to a lot of people that whether they admit it or
2: not. You know, the, the thing that, and I, I think that we're all guilty of this from time to time, the thing we forget as fans is it's easy to forget that you know, these guys are, are human beings outside of what they're doing in the squared circle. You know, uh, a guy like, for example, a guy like Chris Jericho, it's easy to get caught up and be like, God, I wish this guy would just lose already. Or I wish this would happen. I wish that would happen. And then you forget that, you know, outside of what we see on AEW television is a guy that is willing to send thousands of dollars to a person that he hasn't seen in 20 years just to help them recover from house fire or you know the John Huber who was willing to let his kids play with like Matt Hardy's kids you know the 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 human dynamic that we, it's very easy to lose sight of it so this past wednesday was It was very cathartic in that sense Because it kind of brought us all And I don't know if you noticed this but on social media It did the same thing Everybody regardless of where your fandom stands Was tweeting basically the same thing Was talking about the same thing And that's damn This is really a great tribute to Luke Harper Or to Brody Lee This is really a great way of paying respects To a guy that You know was just huge In the industry for so many ways
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of. Um, <laughs> sorry, <clears throat> um, I didn't go too far with them. Um, yeah, but I mean, there they were a lot of them. They were all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was, I was comforted in a lot of different ways. Like I, I remember when Owen passed, and it was like, wow, it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. And I remember when Eddie passed, it was different because it was just like, damn, this is so sudden. And I remember when Benoit passed, it really like you you talked about how it impacted you with Eddie. And I remember when Benoit passed and I remember how how stunned I was. And then to learn the circumstances, like you said, it was literally like somebody spun you around and then kicked you in the nuts or punched you in the face. And then you had to deal with it. But you're right. It was like it was gone. Like after that, it was <clears> just like, well, it's a horrible thing. Moving on. But Brody Lee was in his prime, in a lot of ways. Like he had so much more to do, um, so much, so much more capability-wise that he was going to do most likely. Um, and I feel like with AEW being so young in their history, in their in their lifespan, um, the sky was really the limit for him, and and he honestly could have very easily been an AEW world champion. So, and,
1: and again, that's what I'm saying. I think his his legacy had it continued in AEW mm-hmm. would have probably put him in a legendary status eventually. Yes, yes. Um, because he had he had miles to go. Um, very easily could have gotten a title shot and won it, um, the world title um very easily could have gone back to the to the tnt title um
2: or even the tag titles
1: yeah or even the tag titles uh there was a a a six-man title supposedly in the works who better than the dark order to get a six-man title
2: could you imagine Brody lee john silver and alex reynolds as the trios champs
1: yeah i I mean and it very easily could have happened
2: they could have been the first ones the BTE heavyweight champion and Brody Lee side by side. <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly that was the. I keep coming back to it because that was where, like, I was okay for most of the night, and then when John Silver hit the mat after winning, and he starts bawling like a child, and and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I was no more good after that. As it just you build up an emotional response to a certain point and and you're trying to just kind of take it in. And then all of a sudden you get caught up in it. And it's, 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 it's real at that moment.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that would, um, I will have to say that, um, when, um, Eric come out, I mean, I don't know what he's going by, so we'll just use Eric. Um, oh yeah,
2: when Rowan came out, yeah. holy cow! Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, just kind of like uh, puts the puts the icing on the cake,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and um, you know when he comes back out, um, and grabs hold of silver. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's that's quite emotional. And again, who knows if that part was, you know, how much was scripted, how much was ad-libbed. Um, you know, who knows what was going through Silver's mind since he held up so well, like for yeah. the whole match. Um, but and you
2: could you could tell that Reynolds and uh, Paige were struggling with it, too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You could you could clearly see by the end page was a little emotional too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I, I, again, I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Um, I mean, I've seen Harper and Rowan uh, way back in the day in Charlottesville.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: You know, with uh, uh, the Wyatt family versus the Shield, but. One thing that was kind of like, I want to say, I guess, weird that it would even pop into my head (laughs) during this, but I haven't been to a um, pro wrestling show since DC, Yep. right? So I want y'all to think back October 2nd or was it the 19th? October 19th was it the 19th or the second I thought it was the second no it's
2: the second you're right October yeah. 2nd
1: o- October 2nd 2019 was the very last pro wrestling show mm-hmm. that I had the pleasure of watching live in the arena and when Rowan comes out and he stands up to Wardlow you just uh, you know for me it was kind of like holy shit mm-hmm. i forgot how big these guys really are
2: yeah yeah
1: you know and then when he comes back and we've been toe-to-toe with page yes know, i'm six foot page is a little bit taller than me and of course a whole lot muscular more muscular
2: <laughs> but this is what he's doing
1: yeah, I I mean I kinda I you know I understand Paige's frame. But mm-hmm. then when when Rowan is standing beside him and he's like putting a whole page, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah and Paige's yeah. head is on his boob. You know, it's <laughs> like oh yeah. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. And again it, it, it just slipped through my head that man, if you if you don't see these people in person mm-hmm. or if you haven't seen them in person, you just forget how truly massive some of these guys are.
2: Yeah. And the, the reaction for, for Rowan. And I loved that Chris Jericho says, there's Eric Rowan. And then Excalibur is trying to, Clean it up and say it's yeah. Redbeard. <laughs> He's like, it's Rowan. Rowan. <laughs> I loved that because you know this is one of those moments, and and I'm positive of this that if you're Vince or if you're anybody in the legal side of WWE, they're like, you know what, whatever, <laughs> just do what you gotta do. Because yeah. I, who who's gonna be that big of an asshole to be like, you can't say Wait, a trademark re- re- name re- on Dynamite, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? During a, a a a Dead Man's Tribute show, you're gonna assume for really? That? You think they really? do that? Look, really they fired people during COVID, I get it, but I mean come on.
1: <laughs> really?
2: Really. Not even not even the great Vince McMahon is guilty of that. Really? Kind of, you think
1: I, so? I bet, I bet you if you go back, if you go back and you think of all the times that they've been somebody's been seasoned assist letters. Or somebody got in trouble for saying somebody's name, whatever. You will find the WWE will have done it on on an event similar to this somewhere along the way, and somebody will have gotten in trouble.
2: Well, maybe it's just because <laughs> I'll be the asshole to say it. Maybe it's just because it's Eric Rowan; he just
1: doesn't care. Well, I mean, I'm. I'm under... <laughs> <laughs> I'm under the same impression. Hopefully they won't do it. But yeah. if there's one guy that would, it would be Vince McMahon.
2: Maybe I'm still – there's a part of me that's still a homer. It's just like, come on, man. Come on, you, you're not – are you that guy? You know, are you I mean, really you know, going to do that?
1: <laughs> look at Look at how long – look at how long it's taken them to name drop other places.
2: That's true. And to really do it with some degree of confidence, yeah
1: yeah I, I you know hey we're we're the wwe we we're what counts and oh you right, just right. oh that's air trademark you know but I we'll, mean, hopefully f- we'll find
2: out in a few yeah, weeks that they won't. <laughs> there's
1: a suit well that'll you be know. i hope not because i can see tony khan and tony Schiavone doing one of those uh promos in-
2: infomercials yeah
1: yeah infomercials on it and uh That would just be hilarious when that one hits.
2: The last thing I would want to do would be to – because the cons, they're not Ted Turner. They have deeper pockets. Yes. Like, you're not going toe-to-toe with that family in court. You're you're just not. Mm -hmm. And I don't know their financial standings, but I know that they're ranked higher on the the Forbes 500 than Vince McMahon.
1: Uh, I think Vince is $1 to $3 And the cons are 15
2: to 18. Right, right. I yeah. mean, so, NFL team ownership is like a whole nother stratosphere. Just, just for to kind of what, keep that no. in mind.
1: So it's not the NFL. It's the Soccer League.
2: Oh, the that's right. The Soccer oh, no. League
1: teams uh, what, what team or club own? or whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, they rake in the money.
2: Because that's international dollars.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, you—they make you make a boatload of money uh, with soccer teams or clubs, I guess. So I don't offend nobody. Um, football. Yeah, football. <laughs> Foosball. Foosball's the devil. Football.
2: <laughs> so we're looking at the uh, last minute and seven seconds of the Washington Philadelphia game. Washington driving. Uh they have the ball there against uh, they're 10 to 14. Philadelphia is winning. This is if Washington wins tonight, they clinch the first division title they've had in 4 years.
1: No, I'm sorry. No, longer years. than that. No, it's uh 15 I think.
2: Pretty R- impressive. Uh,
1: yeah. I think it was RG3, so <laughs>
2: That was a, the last
1: playoff game I remember.
2: Here's the <laughs> thing. This is with a quarterback starting today. Now, Haskins was fired. Thank yes. God. What, a, what a waste. Here. So you look at a guy who's playing right now starting. It's Alex Smith. Now, you talk about just battling your way back from adversity. Here's a guy who had an infection in his leg, should have lost his leg, should have mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. And apparently was so close to death multiple times through being treated. But now he's starting an NFL playoff bound football game. It's that's damn impressive. And uh, I must say that's um, inspirational.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think 17 major surgeries. Mm-hmm. Um, again, wasn't supposed to live. Uh, was going to lose his leg. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I don't, I don't know how his wife <laughs> even allowed it. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: she has the patience of a of a saint. Is really the best way I could describe that.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's it's just one more wild roller coaster ride this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, they could very <laughs> well finish seven and nine and go to the playoffs. Mhm. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, the Miami Dolphins were 10 and 6 after yep, today's yep, loss bounced. to Buffalo and they're out. Well, yeah.
1: uh, I kind of feel bad for Washington though, should they get it, but um cuz they showed the standings and uh if they were to win next week, if they get in and then win next week, they would have to play the Packers.
2: Oh. Yeah, so. Way to go! <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Although you know, I mean, it, they did beat Pittsburgh, so. But I think I think the Packers would probably light them up.
2: Well, if there's anything that the NFL has taught us, it's any given Sunday, right?
1: Well, that's true.
2: And, and I mean, God, think about it. Alex Smith recovering, coming back, starting tonight. Ron Rivera battling cancer. I mean, there's just two huge stories within that, not to mention dealing with getting rid of a guy like Haskins, who was so poisonous to the locker room. You um,
1: know, honestly, wow. uh, there was a part of me last week that said he's throwing this game on purpose.
2: Haskins was
1: in my mind. Wow. I mean, I literally, I mean, look at that. I think it's the first pass.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He just straight up just so overthrows this guy. Yeah. You know, and then there were several passes. He just seems to just go up field for no reason. Like, let me just sling it. Let me just sling it and see, you know, I know what's coming. They're, they're going to get rid of me. So I might as well just do my best to, yeah. you know, get out of here. Or, you know, while they're getting as good. So, was there a – what are we looking at here? Impact?
2: Oh. Yeah, I was trying to figure out when um, – I believe it's hard to kill. January 16th, it's going to be – I never thought we'd ever see the day, Brian. Kenny Omega, AEW World Champion. The Good Brothers <laughs> taking on Impact World Champion Rich Swan, And – the Motor City Machine Guns. Oh. Now, this are you doing? has the makings of a dream match. Any, any combination of this group, right? The Good Brothers against the Motor City Machine Guns, I'm on board. Kenny Omega and Rich Swann, I'm on board. Kenny Omega versus any of the three he's opposing. Could you imagine Alex Shelley or Chris Saban opposite Kenny Omega in a matchup? And we get a six-man? Uh, I'm hyped. This is going to be a great one.
1: Uh, yeah, I think this is just some clever way for Impact to get more of my money. Um,
2: <laughs> well, hey, they got to do it somehow because they ain't getting it on TV.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, that. I think that's the one thing about this COVID stuff that has probably uh, got me more bummed is that I have missed, like, the last two weeks of Impact. And so I don't know if uh, there's been any – uh, cross-pollination from Omega. Um, So, but I can't wait. I think it'll be good. Um, I want to see... um, I want to see, you know, somebody else show up. Yeah. One way or the other.
2: I, I want to see the Gorillas of Destiny show up on Dynamite. And honestly... I want to see them beat the crap out of the Bucks. That's the uh, next big move. I think I want they to normally see.
1: do. I think they normally do. I think. I mean, they have good <laughs> matches, but yeah, you know, the Gorillas are just you know they're they're powerhouses. Um, it's and, hard for uh, the Bucks to go toe to toe with them.
2: Brian, I'm sure you've just saw it by now. Washington doing a masterclass in the two minute drill, uh, ending the first half now. Seventeen fourteen, the Washington football team. Uh, Hey, we were just talking about Alex Smith and how his improbable comeback is uh, now making some just freaking legendary stats. You know, I would put a vote in for him for this year for MVP.
1: Um, I, I, I don't know if he gets MVP until he's got to get he'd have to get through this game first.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, could see Aaron Rodgers getting it because of how well he's done this season,
1: but I, I think that
2: Smith has a, has a shot.
1: <laughs> well, that may be so, and now, of course I am biased, but so let's remember every other player out there. Yeah. That the only game we've really won this year with the exception of game number one has been Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. If Alex Smith is not in the game, we're we're going to lose.
2: Right. Right.
1: Right. So if Alex Smith had been healthy all year, this would there would have been no doubt. Yeah. Uh, with Washington going to the playoffs. No doubt. And this, by mine.
2: and this is a textbook example of one of the changes I've been trying to implement for the past uh, six weeks with corner to corner is in broadening our horizons. Right. Granted, we're still not going to get into politics <laughs> or all the religion stuff because that's a stain.
1: Oh, happening. dark order. Oh. Those quarterback threw up the dark order,
2: sign. Oh, crap. Ah. Now they're destined to lose. <coughs> <Where's> Johnny <coughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Johnny Hungry. He's getting a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> Johnny Hungry. <laughs> I, I think that one of the things I've <laughs> wanted desperately for our show, and, Brian, we've talked about it and Rob's talked about it with us, is not just – because we love wrestling, but we're also huge comic book fans. You know, we're huge video game fanatics, and we're sports fans – um, so to be able to have the freedom and granted, we're probably not, probably not going to do like a, you know, a red zone or anything like that for corner to corner. I don't know if NFL has that trademark, but we'll roll with it. All I'm saying is it's cool to be able to talk about everything. And that's what I like. And, and that's why I've been trying to broaden our horizons. But I say we, we still stay main, mainly focused to wrestling. Kind of hard not to when you have so much cool stuff going on right now between AEW Impact, and like you said earlier, Okada being hinting at New Japan being involved.
1: Well, yeah. So he's he's not really hinting; he's calling for it. He wants a super show. He wants everybody involved, to include WWE, WWE AEW N-W-A. Impact, uh, AAA. I think it was um, ROH. Uh, I mean, he just he wants this huge, big. Um, crazy. Let's just get it on. Um, once in a lifetime event. Um. So, and you know, again, we've been calling for it. We've mm-hmm. been asking for it. We've been demanding. We've been on the forefront of this. <clears throat> um, I don't know if I needed that big, but. Would it be cool? Yes. Just don't do no champions versus champion crap because you know nobody's going to win.
2: Right, right. Or do something unpredictable and save it for the main event. Oh, no. Could, I mean, that's, imagine I mean, a ladder match between AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre, Okada, Omega, um, Ray Phoenix, and Jay Lethal.
1: No. That, I, would I mean, not think do about a ladder that. Match. Would not with my champions, no. Because things go bad in ladder matches, and then That's you're gonna true. Put, then you're gonna put somebody like uh Okada and Omega, Phoenix. Poor Drew's liable to get up there to the belt, and here comes a B trigger off the turnbuckle, <laughs> oh, like right, right to the jaw. 20, yeah, twenty <laughs> foot in the air, and Drew's out, dead. Yeah. Here lies Drew McIntyre. <laughs> I mean, because you know that's what they would try and do. They would set Mm -hmm. it up one ladder. One ladder would be, like, laid into the turnbuckle so you can run right up it. And here comes Omega. He runs up it, B triggers Drew. Drew comes flying off a 20-foot ladder, breaks his neck, and, you know, everybody's got to go home.
2: (laughs) That's it. Show's over. (laughs) Show's over. End of pay-per-view. We're done. (laughs) See all the different uh, yeah. promoters run to the ring. Screw this, we're out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as much as as much as I'm not really in favor of champion versus champion, unless you're go- you have the you have the the cojones to break tradition and do something that hasn't been done in a long time whereas Mm -hmm. like you when you know omega and swan are going to go at it sooner or later right right right, and you know if this is the old days the awa and memphis and all that um who was it somebody uh was carrie von
2: eric and jerry lawler yeah
1: yeah but lawler wins the Mm -hmm. the the world title from the other fed right right it's something you just don't expect unless you're going to pull on the trigger or something like that I would just soon leave champion versus champion out of it. Give me another dream match so I don't have to worry about the belt being involved. i just have swan versus, you know, Omega Mm non-title, you know, just for bragging rights or, you know, whatever. Um, Shoot, I'd even take Omega and Roman Reigns if you left the titles out.
2: You know, Omega and Reigns has actually a very unique kind of thought process to it. First off, Roman can bump. And if anybody's gonna sell for Omega, it would be Roman. And vice versa. So you wanna talk about a, a, a level changing matchup. That that could be interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, however, uh, I don't think there's any way Roman wins. So um, I think Unless you it's would by have BQ. to Well, not even by BQ. I think that would really I mean if it's title for title, then you Okay, yeah. you, you can throw a DQ in, it, but if it's a straight, mano-a-mano, mm-hmm. bragging rights, uh, I think you have to give it to Omega, but then you would use that match to elevate Roman to such an incredible height that people now have to take him really serious. Well, and Everybody takes him serious.
2: I think with that kind of a, a high-profile matchup, yeah, you're absolutely right. That elevates Roman without even needing to win. Right. All he has to do is keep pace and have a strong showing. And right. now your champion is like, oh, he's on Kenny Omega level. Right. Okay. Right? And that, Yeah. with the head-of-the-table gimmick, with what he's doing right now, that is the best Roman Reigns work we've seen in years. Maybe since his hottest part of when he was with the Shield. No, I'll, I'll double down on that and say it is his best work since that point.
1: Uh, so, again, so my only problem is, is you have built him up to this point anyway. True. Um, since the Shield, to me, it doesn't benefit him.
2: Oh, and they're showing because, clips of Carolina getting stomped. Thanks. Thanks, NFL. <laughs> uh, but you,
1: know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think he needs to be – I like the fact that he's a bad guy. I like the fact that he's got a mouthpiece. Um, but I don't like the fact that he needs, like, some stable. You've already built him to be indestructible. You Superman punch. Um, you know, whatever. Um, I think the stable is overkill, honestly.
2: You know, I, I know we like to bounce around, at least I do, because I'm ADD and I'm always all over the place. But I have to do this, and I've got it shared so you can see it. If you look at the left side of the screen here from Cody to Disco Inferno. So Disco tweets out, nobody knows how to work, in quotes, anymore. This was from 2018. They would rather kill each other to get Dave Meltzer to put their match over. And that is a problem that needs to get put. That needs to be put front and center. Guys are going to keep getting hurt. Cody in response says, stop, you know, nothing. You have drawn zero dollars. No fan has ever left the show thinking about you. You were lucky to be a juiced up double lifer over with the boys Type in an era where you hid in plain sight, coasting on other success, couldn't hang then, can't get booked now. Ouch! Uh,
1: I mean, damn. <laughs> there, there you have it. <laughs> um, again, the, his sole purpose in life right now is to ride somebody else's coattails, and for you to, for you to, like, literally try and bully yourself into, uh, you know, what what happened this past week in AEW. You're just, you're a bigger idiot than I thought. Nobody cares.
2: It's it's pretty amazing to see that. That's two years ago, by the way. Um, But that tweet is out there in the stratosphere. And I guess it just got retweeted today, (laughs) probably because somebody heard what Disco said and figured they'd put it out there. When you get told and put put down, like basically like sit down, son, the big kids are talking, kind of moment. That's when you know maybe it's time to step away and uh, and and just reassess your life.
1: Yeah, but he he can't. I mean, this isn't. He's not like ninety percent of the rest of them that that can walk away.
2: That's true. You know,
1: he 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 was nobody to begin with. Mm-hmm. But he was given uh, um, some notoriety, and he he needs it. It's it's like it's his drug. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can understand Conan. Conan was huge in, you know, multiple countries, you know? But poor Disco. Uh, Yeah. Hey, uh, Conan, can I come on your show? Can we do this show together? I got a great idea for a show. They're not going to listen because of me. It's going to be because of you. Right.
2: Well, he does the same thing to Russo. And I'm not a big fan of Russo, but Russo's got his own little podcast thing or whatever. And he'll hop on Vinny Vinny Russo's show and be like, yeah, this is what I think. This is what we did well in WCW. And the fact of the matter is Disco Inferno and Alex Wright was probably entertaining for a cup of coffee. And that's all you can really remember him for.
1: (coughs) Mm. All right, you got me there because I didn't remember them two teaming up. And there so. you go.
2: There you have it. <laughs> Bleacher Report Wrestling uh tweets out a comment or a quote from Rick Flair. Uh Rick Flair says HBK is the greatest in ring performer ever. And asks the question, Do you agree? Flair's direct quote it's not arguable anymore. Sean is the greatest worker in the history of our business. Well, apparently CM Punk didn't agree (laughs) as he tweets out in true CM Punk form with the meme of, well, yeah, that's just like your opinion, man. Quoting the Big Lebowski, which, by the way, great film. I was only, I don't know what, 30 years late to watching that. (laughs) Uh, But it it, it begs the question, and we talk about it sometimes, but when you really look at who the best in-ring worker was – Flair's direct quote included also saying he'd put him and Ricky Steamboat in a class by themselves. And and for my money, as much as a huge fan of Shawn Michaels as I will always be, um, in ring work, honestly, from like a technical aspect, somebody I enjoyed just a, a notch or two better would probably be Randy Savage or Bret Hart. I mean, I still consider Sean to be one of the best to ever do it. But when you really look at technical work from the in-ring perspective and from a psychology standpoint, as far as selling, Ricky Morton and Shawn Michaels are probably the two best performers as far as selling. You believed the pain in the ring. You had no reason to doubt it. But from a technical and psychological standpoint of what, like from a bad guy perspective, for example, believing that what they were doing was dastardly and heinous, Randy Savage was the best. When you look at technical performance in the ring and just like you believe what you were seeing was devastating to somebody. I mean, come on, Bret Hart from both a salesmanship, but also from a delivery standpoint, I don't know if there's anybody, any crisper in him in the ring than him.
1: Uh, so I guess if we're going to have this little discussion You should probably start at that name at the top of that little tweet there. Sure. Um, Ric Flair Mm -hmm. is probably pound for pound the single greatest in-ring performer, in my opinion, Again, Mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, Go back and watch his stuff, uh, mid-80s. Don't watch it late eighties, nineties, well even even late eighties, early nineties. Don't at mid nineties when Bischoff starts getting involved in the NWO, which is gonna be what a lot of people remember. Um it doesn't hold a candle to his his run in the seventies and eighties. Um I mean the network there's all types of things you can watch on the network,
0: right?
1: And to me, Flair will always be number one and he'll always be number one by a large margin. What are you smiling at? The
2: Gooseball. Cat. Oh, he's and you, did you ever see a cat play fetch? Uh, yes, <laughs> that's what my cat does all the time, <laughs> yeah. you
1: know. So does theirs, theirs likes to be a dog, so
2: yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> and then um once you start breaking down certain categories <laughs> I think these other guys come into play but yeah. honestly I, I think flair's just probably too humble to say it but I think flair is probably the the ultimate in what we've seen since the 70s um in ring performer mm-hmm and then the other ones. But to me, there's certain things like some some can do that Flair can do almost as good, but they can't. They don't do the whole package. All right, so let's take Bret Hart,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So how many Bret Hart's interviews right now? God bless. I can't believe I'm saying this, right? So I'm a Bret Hart fan, right? <laughs> we know this. We've had the discussions, the arguments, whatever. Yeah. Right? So sometimes Brett in the ring, when he goes to cut a promo may not necessarily be at his best. Right.
2: Hey, who are you to doubt the credibility of El Dandy?
1: Well, but but you know what what I'm saying?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, Brett wasn't always a vocal guy.
1: Right. So that, to me, that if you're if you're looking and grading an overall score,
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, Brett kind of falls off in that category, which then is going to drop him lower on the list than, uh, say, Flair, Michaels, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now we've all heard how hard it was to work with Michaels sometimes, right? Right. Well, guess what. Flair, to me, Flair always put whatever company he was with first. Yeah, that's definitely right? true. Whereas Michaels put himself first in <laughs> a lot of matches. And some of them you can watch. There, There is a famous one with him and Hogan. When Hogan comes back, uh,
2: that's one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, remember? <laughs> he just it? goes flying over the top rope. <laughs>
1: yeah. Off the punch or whatever it was, right? Yeah. Then, yeah. He, then he like hit the bat and he flips up so high, <laughs> he goes over the rope.
2: Takes, and... takes the big boot. I mean, it was yeah. great. That's Shawn yeah. Michaels at, at peak, Shawn
1: Michaels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shawn was not known for being a team player. And he doesn't become a team player until the very end of his yeah his his run. So to me that drops him further down the list. I don't get me wrong, he's a hell of an entertainer. And he's quite possibly one of the one of the 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 best showmen that's ever come through. However, if we're talking the complete total in ring performer, mm-hmm. he gets knocked down. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't stack up. Hogan, of course, doesn't stack up to being the greatest in-ring performer. Right. Because he's he's missing things. You know, we understand Hogan can wrestle technical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because you see it, there's video of him over in Japan and AWA and all this other stuff. But when he's at the height of his popularity, he doesn't wrestle technical. He's got like five moves. That he, and he pulls off, and everybody loves him when he pulls them right. off. <laughs> <laughs> and big boot, woo! Yeah. Um,
2: some people love them. Well, yeah, some people love them. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I think Macho's. He's 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 pro- he may be the closest. Steamboat is probably just as close, but again, to there's. Ste- to
2: me- Steamboat to me is very similar to part in the way that he could not deliver promos. Yeah. Sometimes, but very rarely to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think too, that sometimes he, cause I remember his NWA promos a little bit better than his WWE promos. Right. Yeah, he
2: didn't really cut a lot of promos in WWE.
1: Well, yeah. And then when he did, he was kind of cornered. Uh, in the fire,
2: hey, yeah, hold the dragon, <laughs> Where, wear the dragon suit, wear <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the wings. I don't want to wear the wings, wear the wings. Okay, I'm wearing the wings. Sorry,
1: but yeah, I mean, as far as Michaels being the greatest in ring performer, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to. Does he mm-hmm.
2: owe money? I don't <laughs> does, think so. Does rick Flair owe him money? Because hey, let's be real, I mean, Flair's had his issues with the IRS. We know, but I, he's just so it's over the top complimentary, and and maybe that's just I don't know. Maybe that's just how he is, and and that's, that's yeah. But cool. re, re,
1: I mean, remember how Flair is now. I mean, yeah. if, if Flair said that on live TV, he'd be balling, right? right and there'd be right. no reason to ball. You know, me or you'd be like, hey, I think <laughs> the a great shimmering performer forever. And if Flair goes in there and do it, he'd
2: like. <laughs> and then he'd be bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> Stiff wind hits and suddenly <laughs> flares a, a crimson mask.
1: Yeah. And and again, no slight to Flair, but I think Flair thinks it's his spot to put some of these guys over. And he may very well think Sean's still wrestling, for all we know. <laughs> Probably. You know what I'm saying?
2: Uh, so, If only we could all have that Ric Flair drip As they say <laughs> And I mean you know When you think about it Like there's a lot of chatter right now And CM Punk did an interview Here we go It's my favorite time of year It's Royal Rumble time So you know what we gotta start with Comeback rumors CM Punk did an interview with Renee Young Renee Paquette Or Moxley Whatever her last name is And he said that He would never say no, but it would be more compelling and more interesting for him to work in AEW than it would be for WWE. But he also said that if WWE threw the right stupid amount of money at him, he'd give that consideration also. And far be it for WWE to ever stoop so low as to throw a stupid amount of money. Let's not forget this is the same company that paid $20 million for a guy named Mark Henry for 10 years before they finally got a return on that investment. So, all right. Yeah, but the I question thought, is, I, does CM Punk ever come back or is he gone? I thought
1: like two weeks ago he put out something AEW related.
2: He has been quietly. Like he's been, well, I wouldn't say quietly. He's been very uh, careful and strategic with what he says and how he says it.
1: Yeah, again, I just, I just remember seeing something like two weeks ago. Um, and uh, I don't remember like exactly what it was, but it was something very, uh, ones that would just make you turn your head sideways like, huh? Mm, this is interesting. Um, I, I think he gets, he, he gets, he'd get, Buried in uh, WWE. And I yeah. think he understands that. And I think, again, if they do come up with ridiculous money that you can't turn down, you know, okay, go, go, go dance in the WWE. Mm-hmm. If that's, you know, if that'll make you $15 million. Right. Ain't right. nobody going to say nothing about it. But. You know, if you're serious about coming back, then I think the first stop is AEW or Impact.
2: Well, and that's the thing. Like, right now, I feel like Impact has, and it really sucks, because they've done so well with no audience. They really have. Like, their in-ring work has shined so much brighter. Um, Their filming technique has improved. Whoever is behind the scenes giving them creative direction has kept it very simple, and that's where they've shined. You know, mm-hmm. Josh Matthews is you take him or leave him as far as broadcasting, but they're they had a real diamond in the rough with Madison Rain, and she's turned into a huge star in my opinion for broadcasting. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, high profile wise, there's really not much because you need a NWA or AEW for the moment to kind of spin off of. Now it doesn't mean that they won't get back on TV, because honestly, I feel like they could. Um when that happens, I don't know, maybe 2022. But AEW would make the most sense to me because, I mean, let's look at it from this perspective. Punk could work with AJ Styles. That'd be good. Drew McIntyre, that'd be good. Roman, we've seen that. I mean, we've seen it. Yeah. Kevin Owens, it would be good, but he's seen that. He's done it. Adam Cole, okay, that's interesting. Uh, Alistair Black, that's kind of cool. But from a realistic standpoint, I think we could all agree that it would be Roman, Drew, Triple H, maybe AJ. That's your group. That's who he's in the ring with. Out of that group, two out of the four we've seen before. So the likelihood of it being enticing to him, it's not much. Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, freaking Orange Cassidy. These are people he had outside of Cody that he's never worked with before. I think he'd be more interested in that as well. I think an ideal matchup between let's say if you book it fantasy booking wise, the first match you do with him is with him and Cody because it's a safe match. It's entertaining and it's a good way to get his feet wet. Then you get risky and you say, all right, let's put him in there with Scorpio Sky. The next week, maybe it's Orange Cassidy. Or the next month, right? The next pay-per-view. Then you get creative and you put him in there with Pac. Because I'm starting to become of the belief that Pac may be that shining star that when he gets that belt could take over an Omega level. Like, I'm really seeing this guy could have – he could have something really huge.
1: Well, I mean, all you got to do is just Pack. it. I I love it. You you just look at uh, Pac and Omega. So you know he can go that level. Right. (laughs) Um, I guess the problem is, who else do you have that can go that level? And would Punk be able to go that level? Um, I think Punk would probably be, if he were to go AEW, would be best served to, in my, again, my opinion, is to go join FTR.
2: That would be good. That would be cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I and, think he uh, would be, he would find himself at home with more like, like minded people like that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, um, God, I mean, you talk about the foundation and then you maybe whatever Spears is doing, because now, you know, it's quite obvious that whatever's going on with Spears is, uh, you know, just kind of went uh, uh, the jigs up Wednesday when they showed him in the crowd. What do you think
2: of that? Do you think that it's positioning him to doing the teased four horsemen thing? Or what do you think they're doing with him?
1: Uh, do I think it's a tease? Yes. Um, I, I think it's a big tease. Um, I I don't know. Again, I, you know, they've been dragging this horseman thing on for a while, so who knows if that's even still in the works, but um, I think he's, I think he's due to make a big mark on dynamite.
2: I think so too. I feel like with him pairing with Tully was smart, but when they started trying to gimmick it with what was that the metal slug or whatever they called it, I thought that was dumb. Um, And I felt like they had potential with, not just the Diamond Battle Royal, but also the TNT titles, to really position Spears in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's it's it's always and I don't mind calling it what it is. It's always us doing armchair booking when we look at it from that perspective. But that's the reality. I mean, Spears really does have a lot to offer, much in the way of Brody Lee when when he was moved to that position and won the title. Brody wasn't even supposed to win the title, but as fate had it they dropped the title so that Cody can do the show and then other things. Mm -hmm. Spears could have easily played that role and that would have helped him immensely.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I just, something tells me all this, there's a reason for this. Um, Now, maybe it plays out on impact. Um, You know, who knows, maybe he becomes like, a talent swap or something um, because supposedly what his Facebook is down, his Twitter is down. Yeah. He de- uh, he's off the AEW a- a- page. <laughs> I mean, he's like supposedly literally like gone, you know, disappeared. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there he is on stage um, on Wednesday. So, Again, it's, that's not like, uh, um, you know, you know, he's still employed at least. Right. You can tell it's all story.
2: I always hated when storylines like that are so glaring. I liked it when just somebody's just gone. Like you don't have an interview saying, screw you guys. I'm out of here or anything. He just doesn't show up. And all of a sudden six months goes by and you're like, what the hell? Suddenly, Spears runs down from out of nowhere, and now you've got like, oh my God, where, where has she been? And, and that was always felt like it had more meaning than just, uh, well, maybe I just won't come around here anymore. I'm taking oh, my phone, going home. Okay,
1: well, that's what I'm saying. Who Jericho did it, Michaels did it, who else? Somebody else did it. Hey,
2: hey, somewhere along the way, I lost my smile, Brian.
1: Yeah, there you I go. I think um...
2: it's, it's time for me to, to go get it back. <laughs>
1: So you know, it's not like they haven't done the whole "lost my smile" bit before.
2: I'm not losing to Brock Lesnar. I'm going home. <laughs>
1: uh, <coughs> so I mean, it'll be interesting how how it ultimately will play out here, but um, uh, who knows? So, but so, uh, again, Punk. I, I think if Punk were to come, put him with FTR and Tully. And then maybe bring Spears back and make it a four.:
2: but please, for the love of God, do not put Punk in there immediately with uh, Sonny Kiss or Joey Janela. Don't waste my time. just just don't. <laughs>
1: why I mean he's got he's to get worn back up.
2: I mean I, I I'm with you on that. I hear you. That's why I said Cody was a safe bet because he's wrestled him before. You know, Give him somebody that's that's going to be able to help him shine. Put him in there with Dustin. Love of god, this honestly, and and I, I, I like I probably like Sonny Kiss better than I like Joey Janela, but god, Joey Janela just bores me. I was, am I one of those fans? I guess I am. I was happy to see him get his tail whipped by Kenny Omega because I'm like, well, at least it's somebody that is getting his ass whipped, and that's what we have to watch. It's not him. Oh, he could win the title. No, no, Joey Janela is not beating <laughs> Kenny Omega for the AEW title. I was okay with that.
1: Yeah, but you're just like that. You're you're mean.
2: You know, I'm I'm noticed in in my old age. I am getting to that jaded wrestling fan level where I'm just like, eh, no, <laughs> no. You know, I I got who I like, and I'm kind of that way. This is what it is. Like like Impact could every single week do like a a tremendous gauntlet match and i still will will hate it because it's the same guys i'll still always remember jeff jarrett and kurt angle and their feud for nothing you know i i I get it impact is is doing a lot better and i'm not going to try to take that away from them but for as much good stuff as they've done here lately they're still overcoming years (coughs) of previous crap and and that's just that's to their detriment, especially with – and, Brian, I don't know if you've ever seen it. You ever check out Pluto TV?
1: So I like that channel on the TV.
2: So it's hidden actually – in the apps or something? <laughs> yeah, so it's a streaming app. Motor <laughs> City Machine Guns was. And then you fast forward to 2011 where Jeff Hardy has to lose to Sting because he can barely – We knew how good they had it versus how much they screwed the pooch. It's hard <laughs> to get behind them. It really is. That's why when AEW does what they do, it's just like... And, and we all we all have passion in different ways on wrestling. Like Rob has one, I have one, you have yours. And it always comes together by the end of the day. But we always tend to agree that there are just certain companies out there that just screwed it up and could never get it back. And I still feel like impact is there. But when you look at AEW, it's, it's such a breath of fresh air for what they're doing. It's hard to not just say... Yeah, I can't watch Mondays. I can't watch Fridays. But here's the thing. For, like, for me, for me, I'm like, well, what the hell else am I going to do on a Monday? I'm not going to watch a repeat of Dark. I watched it. I'm not going to watch a repeat of Dynamite. I watched it. What, what I think it is for me is if I could, I'd watch wrestling all week long. So I'd watch Raw, SmackDown. I'll watch them all. And if they're bad, that's fine. I'll call it what it is. I always have. (laughs) I don't sit there and go, no, Brian, you're wrong. You're wrong, man. Roman, Roman is so much better than Omega. I would never tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that.
1: Wait, really?
2: I've never told you that.
1: We've never had these discussions on how. I've never
2: said that Roman was better than Omega. Don't even try it.
1: Listen, listen, I'll lay money. If you go back to your Roman days, right? To when I just, he was
2: still got the black glove,
1: yeah, yes, that when you that <laughs> those days, right?
2: I <coughs> never Roman said was he was king, better
1: than Omega. Come where, on, listen, there was a time you didn't even you you had barely even watched Omega, right?
2: Remember that? Remember when Omega was making a name I, in New Japan? I, to quote the Velveteen Dream, the dream has no memory of this,
1: huh? Remember, remember. Cause he was over there. He was over in New Japan making a name for
2: himself. Oh no, I know who Kenny Omega was. <laughs> I was watching him saying, back yeah, when he was in junior heavyweight.
1: I'm not saying yeah, I'm not saying you weren't. However, at that time your man was Roman Reigns. And I'll lay money. You can go back and listen and you will find a conversation we had. Where you put Roman above everybody else. Oh,
2: that's planet. a bold faced lie. I, That'd be beg- like me saying Roman could beat Okada. Yes, he could. He could.
1: We may very well have had that discussion too. Shut up. I've never said
2: that. I now bet you
1: just, if you go back and listen. You, uh, dude, it took it took it took forever. And I uh, mean forever. Blah. Forever to get to pry you away from that. And I applaud you. I applaud you for it. I really
2: applaud you for it. Oh, gee, thanks. I'm getting applauded.
1: But I'll lay money. We've had that discussion somewhere along the way.
2: (laughs) I think think when you look at it, it's (coughs) – because we've talked about it, how we started, like, as fans, like, what we got into. Like, for you, it was NWA, world-class, global. Um, I think we all got into global in one way, shape or form. Rob was very similar to me in a way it was like WWF and then NWA for him was a quick side side venture and then AWA for him. um, Some world class like I didn't see world class until it was on tapes. You know what I mean? Like I didn't see it because I didn't even know wrestling was on ESPN until global. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I'm like, "Oh wait, there's AWA, what's that? Oh wait, there's what's that?" You know, and then it's it's a sponge literally taking in everything. And you can remember, you remember back in the WCW WWF wars and we were getting tapes of like the IWA King of Death match and all that stuff. We're like, mm-hmm. "What the hell is this crazy stuff?" Because you just there's never anything like it. And I think that for me it just it go, it it's the, the glory days of pro wrestling probably are, we've still got some good ones coming still. I, I think we haven't seen the last of the quote unquote, the glory days, but it's it's few and far between when it comes to big major moments. And I think there's still that there's still, for me, there's still that nostalgia of man, maybe WWF could do it or WWE could do it. See, look, I mean, I, I call them WWF because I think of nostalgia, but when you look at what AEW is doing currently, when you look at what, Impact and AEW together are Doing I mean come on none of us Saw that coming We we talked about it we were like yeah That'd be cool if they ever did something But we had no idea When's the last Time wrestling ever gave you like that You had no idea this was going to happen Moment And I mean that in a good way not like Gobbledygooker way
1: Hmm uh. Wow. Um, <clears throat> when? I, I mean, there's been a lot. Um, lately, I don't know where I'd rank them. Uh, if you go back and look uh, for me over the past um, couple years, um, most of them are, you know, promos. Mm-hmm. Sting, uh, I'll even get yeah. Rowan. You know,
2: yeah. Um, I, for all the for all the stuff on Twitter, I did not expect him on Wednesday. That was definitely a surprise.
1: Uh, Cody's promo for New Japan. Uh, oh
2: yeah, yeah. Where he did the cigar. Yes. Yeah, uh,
1: Brody Lee, uh, Omega again showing up on Impact. There. I mean, there's been a lot of them. Um, but the the key for the golden age is, you know, it's catching that lightning in a bottle,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's the hard part. I mean, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta what? Really? You gonna throw
2: Joey Janela up there? <laughs> I just saw it. Joey Janela makes jokes about how many concussions he's suffered. <laughs> It's clickbait. I had to click it. I'm sorry. Oh,
1: (laughs) Um, But, you know, again, so we've been fortunate enough to have watched the last golden period. Mm -hmm. Right. With uh, the attitude there, the Monday night wars, whatever you want to call it. Right. (laughs) So we were fortunate enough to, but I mean, if you think about it, when Luger showed up at, what, the Mall of America?
2: Yeah, that was a major moment.
1: Yes, and it was, it was lightning in a bottle. It was pure stroke. One stupid stroke of genius, you mm-hmm. know, flash forward to Austin and Austin 316. It was mm-hmm. a pure stroke of genius.
2: Rick Rude on two different shows at the same time. Uh, well, I wouldn't
1: necessarily count that as, uh, like, major. Um, I mean, it, it is major for him being on two shows at one time. Um, but, I mean, think about it. If you, if you do – if Luger – Luger, of course, is the first one, right? He shows up at the Mall of America when he's, you know, what, the narcissist – Uh, you know, on the other show, um, Mm -hmm. that is huge. That's crazy. Austin, crazy moment, um, at a pay-per-view. And then the next night there's all these signs, you know, but there's only certain moments that take place that you have to catch. Not all of them, um, to me, um, um, you don't need to catch all of them. You have to be able to harness them, but you have to catch the right ones at the right
2: time. I'm, I'm guessing you- Joey Janella's had a lot of concussions. I'm just trying to figure out what.
1: No. Oh. I think I uh, thought you just kept eyeballing Joey Janella with his mouth open.
2: Ew. <laughs> I didn't even realize that was the picture. What a horrible
1: picture. <laughs> so but but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I mean you have to catch the right one. <coughs> and if you catch the right one, then it's it's it can turn into magic.
2: Right now, two minutes twenty two seconds to go in the third quarter, Washington is in a position where if they make this stop and keep uh, Philly from doing anything more than a field goal, that's going to be a major, major move. Wow. Under a lot of pressure, nobody home. Interesting game. Jim Ross discussing rumors on Vince McMahon's health here. So Ryback had, about a week and a half ago, rumored started this rumor that Vince is not in good shape. And at first I'm like, yeah, shut up, Ryback. What do you know? You're still waiting on him to call you to come back.
1: Oh my God, really? Yeah. Really?
2: You did it. You did it.
1: You had that thought. Yep. Oh my God. The guy that wanted Ryback so bad.
2: What? No. Don't don't do that. No, no. No. Never. Never lies. Lies in the seat right here. (laughs) Fake news. Fake news.
1: Go back and listen. We got archive, don't we?
2: There'll never be a time. There will never be a time where I ever say I wanted Ryback. The the pre-show stopper. Are you kidding me?
1: (laughs) So right now um, we have international fans whose heads are exploding because they know I'm right.
2: I'm gonna have to you know what? Just for you, you, just for you, you our wonderful international fans. You
1: gotta go back.
2: (laughs) Washington is playing lights out defense in the red zone. I'm loving this. Um, okay, so Jim Ross has where he basically comments on it. It says he said he's con- concerned about Vince's health. I only wish him the best, um, but it's almost like an obsession with him to work. You know, that's wow. That, did they just drop it on fourth and goal? Oh, oh, sorry, Philly. Sorry, that's a bummer. Um, if Vince McMahon is in poor health, uh, first off, let's be completely honest, and we'll we'll close out our show with this because I think this is a, a fitting conversation. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about at the end of the industry, quote unquote, if business ever stops completely, of who was the most influential, who was this, who was that, the mark that Vince has left on professional wrestling, both good and bad. Uh, is so large that when he passes, it's going to be one of those kinds of holy shit moments that you only – you can only stop and, and take but so much time, but it's going to take a long time to truly unravel the both good and bad of what Vince has done over the entirety of his career. It's what a body of work, man. What a huge body of work.
1: Uh. Yeah, um, I'll give it to you. Uh, I mean, to go from um, God, I don't know what he would have been in the early or I guess late what late seventies <clears throat> when he started uh, started transitioning the WWE when that no WWF when that okay. World World.
2: Worldwide Wrestling Federation to the World Wrestling Federation.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he when when it was three Ws instead mm-hmm. of two, uh, when he was transitioning, said, "Well, let's get rid of one of these extra Ws." Um, uh, from that period until you know he becomes a billionaire.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, with you know, one of the most successful companies. God, you probably say ever. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it is a powerhouse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, and at one time it was, <coughs> there were no holes, no chinks in the armor. Right. Um, but to, 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 to go, I mean, to where a billion, a, with a B is associated with capital
2: B. Yeah. yeah, is
1: associated with your bank account in such a short time, right? Um, where, I mean, his dad may have you know they may have had some money to begin with, but it was nowhere, excuse me, nowhere near that. Um, to have. Um, some common sense, some wrestling smarts about you as you grow your business. <clears throat> uh, you know, there's certain things you can't take away. But I do think there are certain things that he has to learn to eat. And as fans, uh, you have to make him eat it.
2: I think it, at some points we're going to look at it in, and – when he passes, Vince McMahon's legacy will will span so far, we won't even know how far it reaches. He's, he's one of those kinds of guys. But at the same time, I agree with you. I think he'll never – we're probably at the point with Vince McMahon that he'll never truly, as you say, eat what is being served to him because he's got to start recognizing what the fan said. I mean, look at this. USA Network, and we'll close with this. USA Network was furious with the most recent dip in ratings from WWE, they stated to Vince, we want a more adult, edgier, hard-hitting product. Basically, more similar to AEW, or NXT, depending on how you look at it. Vince and company quote-unquote heard them loud and clear. The following week, it was announced, WWE Legends Night! We're gonna bring in Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Mick Foley, Jeff Jarrett, all of your favorites. Oh, It's and- like...
1: Along the way we're gonna burn Alexa Bliss. Yeah, that let me let me let let cause so I didn't I didn't watch it. I saw it, read about it. Uh hey Vince. Hey, if you're listening, bud sometimes life imitates art, right? Uh-oh. And if you go back to, what, the late 80s, mid 80s, late 80s, early 90s, there used to be this cartoon called Beavis and Butthead. Oh, no. You should probably ask yourself <laughs> why that shit's not on TV anymore. Actually, because guess what? Network. <laughs> well, maybe now. But it was taken off the air because somebody liked to play with
0: fire.
2: Yeah, you can't. You can't be a company geared towards children and then say, hey, we're going to have one of our biggest female stars try to set herself on fire.
1: Oh, no, no, no. not just her, but then have Randy
2: Orton do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) that's a little much. Luckily, nothing has happened yet. Oh, yeah. But should it? Guess who gets held responsible?
2: Oh yeah, I, under- and that- I understand
1: the darker, edgier, more yeah. adult content. But what do you think USA Network's gonna say when they get pegged with the mm-hmm. WWE when somebody's done poured gasoline all over themselves and caught somebody on fire?
2: Yeah, that's just that was just such a bad look. Look, I, I honestly, I'm not a Randy Orton guy, but Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt has been an entertaining feud. And when he set Bray on fire, I was like, dude, that's next level crazy, but I had no idea they were going to continue it past that and have basically threatened to light Alexa on fire. And when they end the show, we don't know, but he was lighting the match. Well, no, the match was
1: yeah, it was lit. Supposedly, the writers are saying that after the show went off the air, he lit her.
2: No yes oh jesus so now well, there you us. go i always it, told you, know, you extremes is only going to get so far and then finally someone has to die yes
1: and now we've Jeez. had two of them and I, again the, uh waterhead and, and again this would fall squarely on that? sure this <laughs> would fall squarely on vince's shoulders right if some kid goes out there and lights their baby brother sister on fire and says i saw it on the wwe
2: Bray and alexa survived yeah
1: well no you don't have you seen bray since Uh,
2: but he's gonna come back even cooler he probably will but (laughs) he probably will but you know who knows yeah, it was it was definitely not advisable. It was, it was not a smart way to end that. Um, like I said, I mean, I understood with Bray and Randy, at least when it ended that way, it was trying to kind of like Undertaker style step that in. But after that, to me, you only go that direction. But so many times, that's like four times that someone tried to burn someone alive. <laughs> In a year, I think, uh, I think it's a bit much. It's time to maybe, all right, let's let's hold off for just a little bit longer. All right, so uh, hey, n- next week we are going to be live, and uh, we're going to be hopefully, um, we're mo- moving towards trying to put more of a video presentation together. We're still kind of experimenting. Um, as you're hearing this, we are currently on Zoom utilizing a few different pieces just to try to make sure we're able to see things. But, uh, as we continue to grow, um, hopefully the direction we're taking here is much more innovative, but also much more interactive. So please feel free to go by the C2C radio show site, c2cradioshow.com or newattitudemedia.com. And, uh, Hey, you know, join in, join in, join in the chat, send us messages on Twitter at C2C radio show, or at strcp21 for brian or at stan grub for me or at rob hefner c2c for rob and uh interact let us know
1: yeah join the join the contest too we we uh run contest uh what about monthly
2: that's right the prediction contest is underway let me pull that up here and make sure i read this appropriately thanks for reminding me brian uh, pull this right up So on our Facebook page There's Corner to Corner Wrestling And then of course there is our Corner to Corner Prediction group Now the prediction group is just that You're predicting the winners of each matchup And Shane Richardson Does a fabulous job An outstanding job Of keeping this up for us And right now you have an opportunity to win um, I believe it was a Pro Wrestling crate A tease crate mm-hmm. T-shirt and DVD um, and I think he had no, one of the micro book? brawlers. Ah, thank you. The book.
1: What? no. So if I'm it's a crate, a book. And a fig. And a, yeah, and a figure.
2: So starting with Wrestle Kingdom, nights one and two. I'll do a quick rundown of the card, and then we'll close out. Night one, you got Naito defending the championship against Kota Ibushi. Okada taking on Will Osprey. I want to see that match osprey and okada is going to be phenomenal tanahashi taking the, taking on the great okan kenta versus satoshi kohima dangerous techers defending the championship against the god hiromu takahashi versus el Fantasmo. that's night one night two jay white in the main event will be taking on the winner of naito and ibushi taji ishimoro Will be defending against the winner of Hiromu and ELP. Sonata takes on Evil. Takaji defends the championship against Jeff Cobb, and Desperado and Katamaru versus Master Waito and Taguchi. So you got two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, if you predict it, predict the winners correctly, you can win yourself some nice, uh, nice swag, some nice prizes. So like I Not said, this go. Time.
1: I'm 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 already winning this one. Oh, so maybe maybe next month.
2: Uh, Brian says you're locked <laughs> out. Yep, it's not true. You can still compete. Go go, beat Brian. Yep. Head over to uh, head over to Facebook uh, Facebook.com/slash Corner to Corner Wrestling. There'll be a link there to us as far as the predictions, and of course, uh, if you interact with us and, and you feel the need to interact with us on a more frequent basis, who knows? Maybe we add you to the C2C chat. Maybe you can communicate with us on the daily. Sonny Chase wants to tell us all about how he hates the Dark Order, but hey, it's a new day, man. It's a new day.
1: Yeah. I think he loves him.
2: You know, I think secretly he and Johnny Hungy are buddies. (laughs) So that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks again for listening. Like I said, check us out at C2CRadioshow.com and, of course, (laughs) NewAttitudeMedia.com.